Everybody got a dream. Listen to me. Everybody has a dream, but not everybody got to grind. You are where you are because of how you think. And if you were to change your thinking, you would change your world. Monday, I grind. Tuesday, I grind. Wednesday, I grind. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Secret to Success podcast. We're back with another one. Y'all been on this. Where's the podcast? Where's that? Bring it back. And we brought it back, man. So we're excited to be back. E, how you feeling? Oh, man. I, we bringing it back. So I feel back. Yeah, feel we good. Yeah, I'm absolutely. There. I'm ready. Yeah, I want to get right into it, bro. And I owe you an apology. Um, Finally. Yeah, no. I, apology. And, no, no, no. And, and let me, I want to set this up for the listeners because, you know, y'all don't get to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. So anyway... If any of you heard the UOU uh, video or the clip, I'm going to have Carl run it. Um, But if anybody heard that actual video, then you know he was talking about, you know, creating a winning culture and and avoiding a losing culture. And in the midst of that clip, um, he said something about a particular team. Now, understand that he speaks all the time. And it's up to me that when he's speaking, I get the audio and then I cut and paste and you know kind of glue together the parts that I think the world needs to hear and you know I send them out well on this particular occasion he was talking about a losing culture and he invoked the name of one of my favorite teams Mm. and because it was one of my favorite teams I'm gonna be real with y'all it was one of my favorite teams so I omitted that part from the speech when I put it out to you guys so when you guys heard it it wasn't in the original condition because what he said, matter of fact, I don't even want to say it. I'm going to let Carl run the clip. Carl, if you can run the clip and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it and uh, we'll, we'll break it down from there. Now, let me say this before I move forward and I can't explain it, but you better feel me. Winners win and losers lose. I can't explain it any better than that. I don't know how it happens, but I'm from Detroit, and my team, the Detroit Lions, they've lost their entire existence, and every year they find a way to lose. We can be up by 10 points. My man just throws a, uh, throw the ball to the other team. They get it and score. I don't know how it happens, but losers lose. And I don't know how it happens, but winners win. And if you create a culture of losing, if you keep being a victim, if you keep letting losing happen to you, if you keep letting people do you and treat you any kind of way, it's going to become a a culture. The Detroit Lions. Ah, I told you. What? (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing, right? I didn't want to put that part in it because I thought, man, Eagle jinx our Lions. We good. We made the playoffs. The Lions last gonna drink year. the Lions. Right, right, right. No, I'm I'm thinking we made the playoffs last year. You know, we on a roll. E, you don't know what you're talking about. Let me just cut that part out of there. So I actually cut the Lions part out. And um, lo and behold, man, the Lions. I think we won about what four the games. The Lions I was think, the Lions. I think we sitting here at about four and ten or somewhere along those lines. Yes, sir. Um, and it's and just I'm a sad. fan, and I'm a fan. But absolute truth is absolute truth. Yeah, no, and I, I I agree with you. I I guess the the struggle for me is, you know, uh, at being a fan, I was like, yo, I don't, we already clowned the team. I don't want everybody clowning the team. But I apologize to you because I should have left it in there. Because on the real, and, and we're going somewhere with this conversation. I'm not, you know, bringing this up to talk about the Lions. But on the real. I should have left that in there because the people needed an example of what a losing culture looks like. Absolutely. Like, I'm going to just be for real. Like, 
you talk about a winning culture and you talk about a losing losing culture, the Lions have lost since their inception. I mean, they might have been good like back in the 40s or something like uh, that. 50s. In my lifetime, in your lifetime, the Lions never. have never won. Mm -mm. And sometimes, man, I sit there and I think to myself like, yo, how is that possible to be a perennial loser in that, in, in that sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you think about how the, the NFL or the NBA is set up. The worse you do, the best pick, the better the pick you get. Absolutely. And so you're actually. And we had they, about four number one draft picks. Right. And I'm saying, but they do that to set the order of balance. Carl, Absolutely. if you know, Carl is, is here with us, guys, and I'm just going to refer to him anytime I get a chance because he's the voice of reason sometimes. But, Carl, you know what I'm talking about. When you, when you finish terrible, you get the first pick. Right. And so the odds after a few years are you should get enough guys on your team that are good to rebuild the program. Absolutely. Right. And so I'm just trying to figure out how the Lions, after years and years of years of being so bad and getting top picks, can continue to be this bad. And it's the losing culture we talked about. Yeah. They're, but you keep saying the top pick like like the top pick is the top pick. So in the top pick, you might have 10 players in the top pick and the person who's picking the top pick has to be genius enough to know what's the right. real top pick and what's the fit for the team. So if it's the same person who's picking the top pick every year, then maybe we haven't been getting the top pick. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I, I just think, you know, at some po point you would think maybe even dumb luck would kick in. You know what I'm saying? Like well. you just happen to draft the right person, whatever. And I look at the Lions and here they are sitting again at four and 10 or four and nine, whatever they are. And you just wonder how the losing culture, you know, can can stay with you that long. And so what you were talking about in UOU is you better be careful because losing becomes a habit. Losing becomes a culture. Yeah, so that's one of the things I want to talk to the people now about and kind of let you elaborate on is in our own personal lives, whether it be marriage, whether it be family, whether it be business, whatever. How can we avoid that losing culture? How can we get into a winning culture and, and kind of that what you talked about? avoiding that yeah i think for me um i think number one for real and and, and it, i mean we say this ab across the border you know with probably every training series we do but you got to acknowledge it at some point you know and I, and I think if you're in the league and i've been in the league you know what i'm saying i've talked to cats in the league and there are guys in the league once they make the league they don't want to deal with the fact that that's just the first level you know what i'm saying like you got to deal with the fact that even though you might have made it to the league you still might be at the bottom of the league. Mm -hmm. You have to you at the bottom tier. So you got to be transparent, honest, you know, with yourself. And I don't know why we talk about that in average skill phenomenal will, mm -hmm. the inability to self-assess. Like for whatever reason, people hate to deal with absolute truth. I was dealing with a guy today. He called me, man, the other day and was like, I, I promise you, I I know this kid, I know his son. I don't even know this guy like that. He called me on some relationship stuff. You know, after he told me what was going on with the young lady, I was like, look, it's it's apparent that it's not working out, bro. So won't you just call her and just be real with her about the situation? Why my man texts me two days later? It was Friday. So, of course, he hit me Monday. E, she left me. E, she left me. E. I was like, unbelievable. But, I mean, I, I knew that's probably why he didn't want to say nothing to her in the yeah. first place. Because he knew if he told her the truth about what was going on right. and what he was dealing with, that she's probably going to get up and walk out. So I think the first one, and I don't even want to get past the first one, mm -hmm. most people don't want to deal with absolute truth. And that's why they stay in that cycle and they're afraid to deal with absolute truth because they're afraid of the truth. So, I mean, are you, are you saying you lying to yourself? Because 
when you say dealing with the absolute truth, the absolute truth is the absolute truth. So why would we be, we be afraid of it? You know I, what and I, mean? I, and like, I think, I, I don't know why we are, but I think what it means, like for real. So, you, you, you know, with the PhD for me, there was a point where I was like, all right, finish with all my coursework. But I didn't want to call a professor after not being in for two years because I was afraid that he was going to say that there was a course that you missed and you had to take that course before you could do whatever. And guess what happened? Soon as I call, bingo, E, there was a course that you were supposed to take. You didn't take the course. You got to take the course before you. And so I don't even know if it was the work that I was mm. afraid of, or whatever, but I was afraid of the, 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 this reality that my worst nightmare might become a reality. So the best way not to know if it's a reality or not is not even to confront it not even deal with it, hope and see that it's just going to go away. Right, now, I mean, right. we know it's not going to go away, right. but some kind of way you hoping it's not going to go away. And guess what I did? I got the news and put a plan together. And now I'm Eric Thomas, PhD. But for two years, right. I ran from that news. So, yeah, no, I, I, I got what you're saying. Kind of tie that back into what we talked about with the losing culture, though. How does that contribute to a losing culture when we, you know, kind of self-sabotage or you know, refuse to deal with that truth? And that's wild, because when we refuse to deal with the truth, what are you doing? You're doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And this is what blows my mind. As I consult with people, I'm finding out that they're doing more of the wrong stuff. So you feel like <laughs> if you do it more intensely, that something's going to change. Right. Like, okay, so you're lifting weights wrong, but you feel like if you take it up to another 30 pounds, <laughs> another 40 pounds, your technique is off. Right. So it's not even about the weights. Right. Your right. technique is wrong. So in order for you to get the maximum, you got to fix your technique. But but because you're going to the gym four times a day doing wrong technique, it's still some kind of way you're supposed to look like my man who got the proper technique. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think that's the biggest challenge is you are it's a, it has become a cultural thing because you keep doing the same thing over and over and over more intensely, more deliberately, more intentionally. Right. And you're getting the exact same results. Right. And so in, in, in the result of that is, you know, creating a losing culture in which culture, you know, you just things don't go right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because in the book, Average Skill Phenomenal Will, for those of you who don't have it, check it out. ETinspires.com. Uh, it's a great read. It's, it's a lot shorter than Greatness is Upon You. Absolutely. So it's kind of like got a reference feel to it. It's a bunch of nuggets in there. But what we've done, guys, is, you know, we've kind of reverse engineered our success. Yeah. Right. We wanted to look at you know, how did we go from, you know, just two guys and, and added on another one in Carl and added on another one in LaShawn. Two guys in a camera. Two guys, right, two men in a truck. How did we get from two men in a truck to building a multi-million dollar brand? And one of the things we wanted to do for you guys was reverse engineer that success and kind of decode how we were able to get to that level. And in Average Skill Phenomenal Will, we broke down that. Absolutely. And the first chapter is exactly what he talked about, and it's the inability to self-assess. And we talk about the person who goes on American Idol, right? And the person goes on there, and not the people who are just on there acting silly, you know, doing the Madonna routine, yeah. but the people who really go on there yeah, and mid -level. think they can actually, like, <laughs> blow. Like, Absolutely. they go on there, and you could tell. They mid-level, and they might be decent. And they end up getting their feelings hurt, and the judges tell them they're not ready, whatever, and their family's out there crying. And it's like... Really, if somebody would have been honest with you, they would have been able to tell you you're a, a, a BC level singer uh, at C, best, yeah, C. C level at best. Yeah. But because we weren't able to realize that or deal with that, you know, we weren't able to self-assess. Now we have to go through this heartbreaking pain of f finding out, hey, this may not be for me as opposed to self-assessing. So when we started this company, one of the very first things we did was we self-assessed. We looked at, yo, all right, we got CJ and ET, right? Both of us are very 
uh, very much practitioners, right? We like to be out there in the field, speaking, doing hands-on, mentoring the young people, doing whatever. We knew neither one of us have the skill set to put put things together, if you will. The structural piece, right? So we needed somebody who could come on, who could do videos, who could shoot videos, who could edit, who wanted to sit there in the lab with the film time and break down the times and all of that. And so we knew what we needed to get, and we needed somebody like Carl to come on and provide that piece for us, right? We didn't say, oh, man, I know how to use the camera. I know how to, Mm-mm. you know, and because we, we, we were self-assessing, we knew what we needed to add. And some of you, you're not able to self-assess, and so therefore you don't need, you don't know where you need the help. And so that, you know, also creates the losing culture as well. Absolutely. It can lead to that losing, losing culture. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you what, what really bothers me, and this is why, And and, and see, I'll be honest. I Mm -hmm. truly believe that in average skill, phenomenal will, if nothing else, the first chapter is new revelation. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember seeing this in any book. And I'm just going to be honest. I'm not trying to toot our horn. I just don't remember. I just don't remember seeing it anywhere else. And so the, the, the challenge that I have and the reason why I think this chapter is so important is because I've not seen a great history or even a good history of people being... Uh, reprimanded and still having the ability um, to take that information. Right. Like I just haven't seen it. You know, most people, when you share with them their faults, they take it offensively. Like uh, uh, the young lady, I know a young lady who unfortunately got some news from friends and was like, they hating on me, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean really got irate about it. But right. they were just trying to share on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being highest, you might be a 6'5". You know what I'm saying? And so if your friends can't tell you, who can tell right, you? Right, right, absolutely. I mean, I'm just being real. If your friend, yeah. So that's why I think the, uh, the, the the inability to self-assess, that's what we're saying. Get what we're saying. We're not even talking about the assessment itself. We're talking about you taking complete ownership, you taking full responsibility of doing your own assessing mm-hmm. because you can't get mad at you. Right. You can't walk away from you. You can't call you a hater. And so I think that is the, if you don't take anything else away, C never said we paid for counseling. We paid to get uh, a business structure so they can sit down and talk to us about our strengths and our weaknesses as a company, that we went through some training, corporate training. No, Mm -hmm. we sat in a room daily and we still do it. And that's why we're doing this podcast, because we realize based on uh, our self-assessing that, yo, here's something that we started, but we did not finish. We didn't do this beast mode. Right, we didn't right. do this 120. You know, nobody had to tell us. And so that's why we're saying we're making a commitment from now to eternity, as long as we are in business, to finish what we started. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And and I want to kind of move on from that. And, you know, we're talking about the losing culture and how do you create a winning culture, right? So we talked about the inability to self-assess being one of the main reasons people have a losing culture. And I would say that one of the main reasons for us the, the reason that we've created a winning culture within ETA and now we have, you know, like I said, built a brand that's recognized across the world. We've toured across the world. You know, we have a, a, an awesome staff that works with us. Um, you know, just young kids going to work, you know, from anywhere from graphic design to shipping to um, videography. You know, we have some brilliant young people working with us. And one of the reasons we were able to get to that level is by creating small wins, which is another, you know, uh, thing that we talked about in the book, another very important part of the book. But E was one of the things E taught me early on, guys, was that 
you have to create small wins, right? So while we have these huge goals, right? You may say, hey, we want to be a multi-million dollar company. We want to get hundreds of millions of views on YouTube. We want to inspire the world. Well, the first order of business is to get a small win. See, go get a contract with a school. Go get a contract with a local middle school. And I think that's kind of what took us to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so many people want to, you know, E, how do you blow up? How do you do this? How do you do that? You have to be faithful over a few. You have to start where you are, right? And so we got small wins. I tell people all the time, I can remember one of our first contracts for the company being a $600 contract with the New Jersey school system to do 12 schools, right? And we had to drive our and rent our own car, drive from Michigan to New Jersey, right? And back and pay for our own hotel and everything else. And we got paid $600 to do 12 schools, right? And that was a win for us. Now, some of you might be saying, how is that a win? You must've lost money. We did lose money. But the thing is, we were actually able to get a contract with a school. We knew a school system was willing to pay us for our services. And so therefore we looked at that as a win. Right. We had another school in the Lansing School District. We were doing free services for them. They liked the service so much that they told us they would try to pay us, but they didn't have a budget. So they were going to pay us out of the vending machine money. Right. Remember that? Oh, do I ever remember? Right. So that was a small win for us. Okay, so even though you may be looking to say vending machine money, what was that? One hundred two hundred dollars a week. Absolutely. But that was a small win for us and small wins created momentum. Absolutely. So I tell people all the time, when you look at us, the reason I believe we're at the level we're at, wherever that is, and I'm not saying we're at the top, but we're doing well, is because we were faithful over those small wins, right? We got the ball rolling. So every single time we went to a school, every single time we spoke, every single time we went out and somebody recognized E or, you know, what, what, whatever the situation was, we took all of those small wins and we kind of just created that momentum. So what you guys see now is a snowball that's just been rolling downhill. And it all started from the small wins. The best way I can describe it, the other day, I was speaking at David's event uh, in Atlanta and somebody was asking me, you know, how does it feel? You guys toured in Australia and you did five cities and right. you did New Zealand. Right. And I said, uh, well, I guess it felt good. And, you know, they were like, you must have been amazed. And I was like, no, not really. And I wasn't trying to be humble. I was really telling them, like, we did three cities last time we were there. Yeah. Last year, less yeah. than 365 days ago, we did three cities. Yeah. And then the time before that, we did one city. And before we were touring in Australia, they were buying our books in Australia. And before they were buying our books in Australia, they were watching our videos in Australia and sending us emails from Australia. And before they were watching them in Australia, they were watching them in the States. And before that, our family and friends were watching them. And so this has been a culmination of small wins. That's right. So nothing we do now is just super humongous to me. You know what I mean? Because it's all been built on level by level. And that's something else we'll talk about in another podcast. But, you know, getting those small wins is important. And you can kind of talk about why you instilled that in me as the president to kind of move forward with small wins instead of looking at this huge goal and going straight after that. Yeah, because I think confidence is a big part Mm -hmm. of success. And a lot of people overlook confidence. To me, confidence is equal or greater than talent. Because you could be talented, but if you don't have confidence, if you don't believe in yourself, you know, you're not going to approach it the same way you approach it when you are like, man, mad, excited. Because that's what confidence does. Confidence gets you pumped up. You know, confidence gets gets you going. And once you get to going, what that what that energy does, that energy is contagious. You know, that energy starts to spread into everything that you do. So, so real quick, 
couple people hit me up. They knew this year I spoke to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. They knew I spoke to the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? Some people was like, yo, E, the Steelers murdering since you you should post. I'm like, I don't got to post. People know what we're doing. They need to post. Right. Pittsburgh won three big games. They got a chance. They in the hunt for the, you know, the, the AFC uh, wild card game, right? But E, the Jaguars, you did the Jaguars too. E, they ain't going to make the playoff. I said, listen to me. The Jaguars is just as big of a win as the Pittsburgh Steelers, hmm. if not a bigger one. Why? Because the Jaguars won three games since right. I spoke. They were three for four, and they beat the Colts 51 to something. That's huge. So for me, the Jags, if you study, study, the Jags only won three games last year. Mm -hmm. This year they already won five with two more left to go. So if they win one more, they can double what they won right, last year. Right, right. So that's a big that's a big win for our organization right. that we took the team that was three and 13 to possibly six, you know, in 12, and they can keep building. You know, so the, the small wins are critical because they all add up right. brick upon. That's how you build a house. Mm -hmm. You don't build a house at one time. You build it brick upon brick upon brick. And each brick that you put in place and build on another, that's that's success. So I, I, I think the smaller wins are as big as the, the, the bigger wins yeah. because the small yep. wins give you the confidence yeah. to get the big wins. Absolutely. And, and I hope you guys hear what he's saying. Those small wins are so crucial. And those small wins build up into a big Absolutely. win. Absolutely. And um, so real quick, I want to ask you because I didn't get a chance to go. Um, for those of you who don't know, I guess I can let it out to the world. Now my, my wife is pregnant again. Yes, sir. We got another shorty on the yes, way, so sir. I'm excited about that, Rawr. man. The yeah, grind yeah, the, yeah. The grinding went through all the grind is on small. another level. Yeah. Of course. I'm about to um, start taking some of them small gigs now so, that I was leaving for the gazelle. Yeah, right, right, I'm about right. to have to get some of those. Absolutely. So I, I haven't been traveling quite as much just because uh trying to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm there for the wife and uh, so he actually went, you know, you heard him say it. And for those of you who didn't know, he went and talked to the Steelers. And one of the questions I want to know, and we haven't even had a chance to really debrief on the Steelers, is did you see, what did you see when you went to, because right, we talked about the Lions earlier. And obviously it's a perennial losing franchise. We just lose. That's what we do, right? I'm, I, I'm a Lions fan to the day I die, but it hurts. And we lose every single year. And then you look at the Steelers on the other hand, who are just known for winning. They've got championship after championship. You can go all the way back in the day with the steel curtain all the way up through Jerome Bettis and Big Ben. And it's like every year, either they win it or they're in the hunt for it or they're right there. And I looked at them and I go, wow, what a different franchise they are from the Lions. And so being that you've been to a bunch of NFL, NBA, did you notice anything about the environment there that you can tell us about maybe the coaching staff or the, the, the way in which they present the, the team or, you know, the, just the mindset. Was there anything different when you went into such a legendary, you know, program and saw what they believe to be a winner? Is there anything you can share with us as to how you think Absolutely. they built that culture? I, I, and here's the crazy part. I mean, I could do another podcast on this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We could just say this for another podcast. But what was deep to me uh, is, and I thought dynasty mm. when I was there, is that you see from the past to the present, you see that the championship mentality, the championship reality. Pedigree, yeah. I'm talking about merged. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about you walking through the stadium, you see nothing but the champions. You, you, I'm talking about Lynn Swan. I mean, when you go to the airport, they, 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 they got Franco Harris at the airport 
with the immaculate conception right there. They got or reception. Or reception. Yeah, the birth of Jesus Christ is Christmas, y'all. Uh, and I was tripping because I'm like, yo, when you get off yeah. the airport, yeah. the immaculate reception is there. Yeah. Like as soon as you get off the airport, the statue. I'm like, who does that? Who makes a football franchise mm -hmm. a memorial? at the airport. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know nothing, and my wife took a picture with it, she's like, what is this? So I had to break it down to her, a couple seconds left in the game, boom, Franco Harris gets the ball, boom, touchdown. And so my wife, you know, was in awe, like, wow, what's the, give me the history. Mm -hmm. So when we got off the airport, got off the airplane, walked into the airport, boom, championship right there, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers. Walk into the stadium, championships. You know, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm laughing though, because you talk about the 60s, the 70s, whatever, you're looking at a coach, modern coach, who won a Super Bowl. He's still there. Super Bowl winner right there. Big Ben right there. I think the biggest thing, man, that really hit me, I'm in the players' lounge. Mm -hmm. Franco Harris walks in. Lynn Swan walks in. Oh, word. Joe, uh, 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 mean Joe Green walks in. Starworth walks in. Are you serious? I'm serious. What? Okay, I'm, you should have told me that. I didn't know that. I'm, I'm geeked about, up now. I'm, I'm like, about, wow, I'm that's just crazy. There. They all walking in, bro. Oh, wow. All of them walking See, in. See, I'm getting the information just like y'all getting it. He don't tell me nothing, oh, man. We, we we used to, back when these was bigger wins, we used to, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I probably we used to share quite it. a bit. But. So I'm saying everybody was there. They had uh -huh. the mayor from different cities. Wow. You know, um, celebrities. And was it, was it a, were they honoring them or was regular, they, they were just there regular, for a regular game? Regular wow. game. Wow. Regular game. Yep. So you're talking about past and present winners all in there. So if you were a kid, man, you see, I don't care who you are, you playing, you see Fr Franco Harris? You know what I'm saying? That's It's unbelievable, man. So the expectation to win. It's there. And they got their championship jackets on. They walking around with their rings on. I'm saying these are legends in the game. Mm -hmm. Legends. So... Yeah, without a doubt, man, you know, you have some teams that may have won one or two, but you're talking about years and years ago, mm -hmm. the Pittsburgh Steelers, past and present winners, and they were all, um, you know, together at one time, you know, talking to the players before the game, you know, I mean, it just, it was unbelievable, man. Yeah, no, and I, I think, you know, like there's different, you know, when I think, like I'm, I've really been trying to like analyze this winning thing, and you got, you know, the culture of winning to the Steelers, right? Yeah. And so then it's almost like, Tomlin is a great coach. He's he's a, he's a great guy to continue that tradition, Absolutely. and you know it's kind of in the tradition. And then you look at somebody who may not have had a culture of winning, right? But they have a player or two right. who have the winning mentality. Right. And you know who where I'm where I'm right. going with this? Right. I'm going with Curry and Draymond with the Golden State Warriors. Who for real? I don't never really remember the Warriors being sweet like that. Uh -uh. But because you got a few players now, and, and, and so it's not necessary. You can't really say it's a part of the culture for Golden right. State, per se, because they hadn't been winners. Right. But now it is becoming a part of the culture because of the players that's built mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. So kind of talk to us about what you think the difference is when you have like a built-in culture like the Steelers and then somebody who has to go from, and I guess you could say the Clippers as well, even though they haven't won yet, but they were, I mean, I remember the Clippers was like the Lions and now at least they get into the Western Conference Championship or in the playoffs. So like, how do you look at, you know, the like revitalizing, and, and I'm thinking about this from the perspective of a perennial loser now who is becoming a perennial winner and, and from the player standpoint and, and from within the kind of, you know what yeah, I mean? Well, I think what you have to understand though is all these players, you know, 
just like the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't always a dynasty. Mm -hmm. You know, Dallas Cowboys weren't always a dynasty. You know, there there are players that made these people dynasties. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happens is you got the pre-dynasty. And what we're looking at with Golden State is the pre-dynasty. We're looking at the players with the characteristics hmm. of a dynasty. You know, Draymond, we know Draymond from Michigan State. Right. Draymond hated to lose. Draymond was never comfortable with losing. You know, he always wanted to be a champion mm -hmm. and did whatever it took. You look at somebody like um, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, it, and, I, and I don't know him, but I know he has the mind of a champion because the way he practices the way he prepares. Muscle so, memory. So, so, so for me, I'm looking at this kid like, yo, he's doing what MJ did. Mm -hmm. He's doing what Walter Payton did. He, he's doing what Jerry Rice did. This is what these guys did. They, they were obsessed with practice. Mm -hmm. They were obsessed with preparation. They were obsessed with, I'm going to be ready. I don't know when that opportunity is coming, but I guarantee you when it come, oh, I'm going to be ready for that opportunity. And so I think that a dynasty is not a dynasty because of the name dynasty. I think a dynasty is a dynasty because of the the, 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 the individuals who embody the dynasty characteristics. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes a dynasty. So, and no disrespect, but I'm a Lion fan. You know, you'll see the Lions, whether they win or if they're losing, you start to see a different disposition on them. You start to see people giving up and people quitting or people not playing as hard. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I remember Michael Jordan playing just as hard when they were losing. Like, he went to the last second. Like, he didn't say, okay, fourth quarter, two minutes left, we're going to lose anyway, head down, coach take me out. Man, he went hard in the paint. Hmm. And, and, and I know people may or may not want me to go here, but I'm noticing that, man, in, in Jameis Winston. They were playing the other night, losing, uh, and he made a statement hmm. that this game ain't over yet. Right, right. Mathematically, it was over. There was no way for them to come back really and win. But his thing was, I'm going to play this whole thing out. Yeah, the process. That's it. And I think we're, we're, we can see if a team is going to be a dynasty, not because of the term, but we start to notice the characteristics and the players yeah. are, are dynasty Yeah, you know what's crazy? I'm reminded of when we watched that uh, Nick Saban interview. Absolutely. And, and shout out to Saban and Bama. Uh, we, we rode through there a couple of times, man, real good people. But uh, we are hoping our Spartans can oh, get man, it done. We're uh, we, we about a, a week and a half out now. Mentor from, meets mentee. Yeah, M Michigan State, Bama, good luck to Bama, good luck to Michigan State. We, of course, you know, we're Spartan graduates, oh, so we're hoping the Spartans pull it out. But I want to talk about when, when we watched that interview with Saban. And the craziest thing was the end of the national championship game. You remember this? Yeah. And yeah. they were up Cute. on Notre Dame. They yeah. must have been up by, like, maybe, say, 21 points, 28 points. I don't know. They were blowing them out. The game was over. And there might have been a couple seconds left on the clock. And I think they were just running the clock out. You know, they basically just wanted to run the clock out. They were already winning. You know, the fans were celebrating the whole nine. And some kind of way, the center snapped the ball and the QB wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And some kind of way, there was a mix-up with that. Now, keep in mind, they up 21, 28 points. The game is over. They should be celebrating and the center and the QB start arguing, and they pushed each other. Like, here they are about to win the national championship, and they messed up the exchange late in the game when it was inconsequential. It yeah. didn't matter. Notre yeah. Dame couldn't have won if they wanted to, and they start arguing with each other to the point where they got, like, physical with each other, and they were so upset that the process didn't go right that they were beefing on the field, even though they had such a huge Absolutely. lead. Absolutely. And I'm sitting there going, wow, like, yeah. yeah. Saban was able to pour into them that, 
listen, you play every single play, every single down, like it, it is supposed to be played. Don't look at the scoreboard. Don't focus on that. You focus on the process. And they had got so caught up in the process, they didn't even realize they were about to win the national championship. Yeah, unbelievable. And I was like, wow, that's an, an ex exact example character. of what we talked about. Yeah. Yes, dynasty. They are worried about the process. They're not worried about, you know, what's the score looking like? What Are we down? Are we up? They're worried about doing it right every single time. And that was a, a, a huge example of that. And that's exactly what you're talking about in terms of it doesn't matter what the scoreboard says if you get up and do what you're supposed to do every single time and you get fall in love with the process you'll be fine absolutely and so i love it so um real quick i want to continue on in the winning culture and another thing that we talked about in the book and you actually brought this up to me it was the first time you and i had talked about it and i was like man e, you got to put that in average skill phenomenal will and you talked about the unforced errors yeah. and and that was big because um, unforced errors is a thing that hurts a lot of people, but maybe you can talk about your experience at the U.S. Open and kind of why you thought about that and then, you know, how it ended up, you know, that we put it in the book and it became a major part of that. Yeah, you know, and I, and I might be, um, you know, overanalyzing, you know, but for me, I do believe that there are categories of losing. I don't, I know I said winners win and losers lose. Mm -hmm. And I meant that with all my heart, but I, I, I categorize losing for me anyway, in, 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 you know, in, in two ways. One, you lose because there was a team that was just flat out better than you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at, at the end of the day, you have to accept that, that there are going to be times, there are going to be nights that you're going to just come up against people that just may be better than you. You have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. you know? But the reality is there are also going to be times when you're going to lose because you gave it up. You know what I'm saying? It didn't, they didn't necessarily beat you. You lost to them. Right. And so for me, Serena Williams has an opportunity, you know, I'm talking about uh, they, what they call a hat trick in, 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 in hockey. You know, mm -hmm. she had an opportunity to win four majors, the majors, you know, in one year. You know, you're talking about the U.S. Open, you know, you're talking about uh, the French Open, you know, the, 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 the Wimbledon, you know what I'm saying? Um, she had an opportunity to do four, you know, in one year wow. and uh, the French Open and you know, and, and she lost, you know, but if you... And you were there. I was there, man, right there watching. For I'm those of y'all who don't know, he is a huge Serena oh, fan adamant. and always has been. One of the first messages I saw him do was a Serena Williams uh, message about the, the bumblebee. bumblebee. Yeah, the bumblebee. So you had to <laughs> give him that. At some, at some point, you'll have to give him the Serena <laughs> bumblebee oh, man. Uh, story. Bumble Carl's bee. laughing because Carl remembers the bumblebee. Carl had to do many uh, uh, slides with Serena. And the bumblebee. Uh, with the bumblebee. Somebody hit me up the other day about, E, did you see your bumblebee made it as the sports person <laughs> of the year? I said, right, I, right. I knew before you knew. Absolutely. You know, but man, sitting there and having an opportunity to see her do her thing live, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Ashley, my wife, uh, bought tickets as uh, my 45th uh, birthday gift. and you 45? Uh, 45, baby. Ooh, 45. Lord. On my way to the big 5 -0. Halfway to 90. Halfway there, baby. <laughs> I'm just trying to do 90 sweet, though. We're going to see if we can do it well. Absolutely. Or leave you enough behind now. You can get hey, to 90. That's all I have. That's all, man. So, you know, just to watch her lose, the girl wasn't better than her. Mm -hmm. But Serena, what they call in tennis, unforced errors, which means that the points that your opponent scored had absolutely nothing to do with the effort. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't, they, they didn't beat you out. They didn't serve back and forth. You know what I'm saying? They didn't volley, but Serena hit the net a few times, you know, uh, and she did this quite a bit. And so that hurt me. And I took something from that, you know, that you could lose in life with unforced errors. 
just you look at athletes, man, football players who are at the top of the game, basketball players that do some, for, forget my terminology, some dumb stuff, mm-hmm. just dumb stuff, that off the field stuff that now has interfered with the money they're making, with them being able to get on the field and perform. Sometimes it's fighting. Some, sometimes it's um, uh, illegal substance. You know, sometimes it's wrong place at the wrong time, not being wet, letting friends go, like whatever. And so in life, some of us sleep over. You had a big test, a big interview. You slept, you slept in, you, you overslept. Like, come on, who oversleeps? For a big, huh? That, that's on the album. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, album. yeah, go. But it's real, man. So, yeah, no. Yeah, and you also so. talked about stuff as simple as, you know, he talked about when he was a student, you know, just yep. forgetting your pencils. Yeah. You know, or My forgetting some bag. paper. Your, your book bag, your homework. Yeah. Getting to class late. Yeah. Like, those are, un- right, those are unforced errors yeah. that if you were to take that, that extra five minutes it took you to find a pencil, that extra 10 minutes it took you to go back and get your backpack, now you're late to class. Those were unforced errors. Well, that Michigan up- State parking. Right, right. Michigan State parking. Like, you go back and get your books and whatever, and you come back, you missed a prime parking spot. Like, if you get to class 20 minutes early, you got a prime parking spot right in that college, mm-hmm. you wait till it's 10 minutes to class. Duh. Now you got to go park across the street somewhere and walk back over because of a 10 minute. You didn't put your you weren't organized. Right. You didn't put your homework in the book bag the night before. Put the book bag by the door the night before. Get your clothes iron ready. You said it. I'm forced errors, man. Yeah. And that's when we talk about average skill, phenomenal will. That's kind of one of the things we talked about is being underdogs where yep. you can make up that ground. Yep. You know what I mean? You make it up, yep. Right, and so yep. you talked about for real. You you didn't have, you know, that that academic skill set yep. to that level, yep. but once you cut down on the unforced errors, oh, you were man. able to compete on a whole other level. And, and you see what happens sometimes when you're in tennis, especially, and you don't do the unforced errors, now you put the pressure on that other person. Mm. Now the pressure is on them to be just as perfect as you are. And, man, that's the one thing I like about Tom Izzo you know, and the Michigan State basketball team is that one of the things coach works on is, yo, the turnovers. You know, like, yo, don't don't give them a free because once you give them, they in transition a- in a way that when you make the shot, you got a chance to set up. You got a chance to get your defense set up. But when it's a when, when it's somebody uh, steals the ball from you or you shoot a ball that's not you shoot an air ball, they grabbed it. Boom. They down the court. Right. That's an easy two. Right. So we have to if we if you're not, uh, you know, 30 on the ACT. SAT, whatever right. it is, 3,200, whatever that, I don't know what those grades are, but, 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 but if you're a C student, you know, a B minus student, the way you can catch that A student is to make sure you at every class, you get every note, mm-hmm. you take every test, you read all the stuff, like you don't, 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 no breaks, and I'm telling you, if you could do that, you can make up, might be tough, but you, you look at our company and where we are right yeah. now, we definitely didn't start with yeah. a grant or yeah. a loan. Or, or we didn't have no, uh, 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 what do you call it, networking, and we didn't have sponsors who could just, like, how long we've been in business with no sponsor? Oh, you know time. you know what I'm saying? So, but we've made up unforced errors. We've every week TGIM, whatever. There's just some things that we have not done that have not put us in a bad place, and we just try to stay consistent, and then boom, that, that big opportunity will yeah, come and that, us. and that's that phenomenal will, though. Yeah. Right, so you talk about it, average skill phenomenal will, guys. This is what the book is about. This is what we're talking about, and this is in 2016, something we're going to be very deliberate and intentional oh, on, on the tours, on yep. the videos, whatever. Yep. You look at the TGIMs, like Carl sitting here. Carl, how many TGIMs did we film? A, a, 
hundreds of TGIMs. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have because and that's the we, stuff they get to see. They don't even get to see the stuff oh, that we do for companies, NFL, NBA. They don't see those. I'm private talking about videos. even before that, doing yep. private videos for high schools, middle schools. We have been doing this so long, and that's part of the average skill phenomenal will. You guys got to get it in, in in your mind that these are hundreds of videos in. Somebody said to me the other day, like, man, I'm, I'm just frustrated. See, I feel like, you know, we working on this thing and it's not coming to fruition. We've been grinding. I said, how long you been grinding? They said eight months. Oh, wow. Wow. Whole eight I, months. I, I was like, wow, <laughs> eight months. I'm like, if, if we would have been ready to quit after eight months of where we were, we would have been in East backyard. Yeah. Carl would have been sneezing and snotting in the camera. In the camera. You know, for those of y'all who don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch season one. Carl, you laughing up there, but he know what I'm talking about. Carl, he's like, uh, hey, allergies killing him. We didn't know what we was doing. Uh, we were just ready mic. to go. Right? All in the microphone. All, I'm talking about Carl, all in the mic. If you go back and read the comments, they like, yo, awesome video, but give my man some clarity. You know? <laughs> he was hurting. So, so, so I'm saying that's one of the things we did, though. We had to go through those levels. Now, imagine if we had Carl, we'd have just been like, yo, we only getting 65 views per video. Let's quit. Yo, this is it. Give it up. But look, that phenomenal will, though, y'all. Yeah. We just kept pushing. Kept pushing. Right? While there was somebody else who had, I'm talking about a phenomenal skill, yeah. right? But my man did three videos. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? His yeah. cameraman tapped out because he didn't out. get no clarity. He quit. <laughs> he quit. He couldn't do like he Carl quit. and keep going. He yeah. had Carl outside talking about shooting in the wintertime. I'm talking about a foot of snow. snow. He was going running up hills shooting. It was crazy, y'all, but I'm just trying to show you that for yeah. real. Phenomenal will. Right. And that's why we so passionate when we go to conferences. And when we talk about this stuff and when we post and when we do whatever is we are some regular dudes yep. who literally just got up and grinded Phenomenal every day. Will. Phenomenal, Phenomenal will. will. Go get the book, man. I'm tired Phenomenal of telling y'all, go get the book. No, I'm serious. I'm not even playing with it. Go get the book, Average Skill, Phenomenal Will. Um, so I think that was it with that. I want to move into another segment. Uh, this is a new segment, actually. Uh, it's called Ask ET, and this segment is brought to you by Grind Gear. Redefining the grind one day at a time. Podcast listeners can use the promo code SECRET TO SUCCESS for an additional 20% off our Grind Gear. Available exclusively at etinspires.com backslash shop. That's promo code SECRET TO SUCCESS. That's SECRET TO TO SUCCESS. All right, let's get back into it. Um, we wanted to bring up this section called ET, this segment called ET, Ask ET. Um, people got a lot of questions for you, I guess, and I'm just gonna start I got with a lot um, of answers. Right, exactly. Uh, if by the way, if you want to submit those questions, you can go to info@etinspires.com and uh, submit those questions there, or you can submit them on Twitter using the hashtag #AskET. Uh, the very first question is Dana in Chicago, and she wants to know, ET, what is your favorite cheat meal? So, hmm. so West Side. But Southside is where I want to know where you're from. I don't, well, I don't I just got the question okay, here. So right, we'll, right, we'll ask Dana to reply right, on the next right, one. Right. But favorite cheat meal? I, I would I would have to say I have two. You only eat at three places. I know, I know. Total, so right, like, I got two, though. He only eats at three different <laughs> restaurants for his entire life. So I don't even know how he's going to answer Well, this. they said cheat. Yeah, yeah, so, cheat. So it is definitely a... If you could eat anything... But they right, call it... They, they call it... Fettuccine Alfredo, but I, I substitute the uh, uh, the fettuccine noodles for the spaghetti noodles, right? So that's my big cheat. And then my big, big cheat is yeah. eat a hamburger. Okay. That's my big, big cheat because I really don't eat beef like that. Mm -hmm. But I go to a spot with a banging hamburger 
that's eat cheat cheat right there. So. And then any dessert or like, come on, this is your I, cheat I meal. I really don't desserts like, like that. Um, the but, cook, but the cookie, cookie monster, monster definitely yeah. would be that. But I ain't gonna, I don't know if I could say cheat because I'm gonna try to do that regularly. Right. Anytime like we out of town or my family's having like a, somebody's graduating or something, I'm definitely hitting the, hitting the cookie monster. But that's probably it, the cookie monster for sure. Well, I'm talking about with the ice cream in the middle, with the <laughs> whipped cream, sprinkles, and the cherry on the top. Absolutely. No, I got you, man. Um, that's, that's a decent cheat meal. No Hamburgers and, and ice cream yeah, and no brownies. Doubt. No doubt. Uh, Marcus in Austin wants to know, how did you and CJ meet? Uh, first thing you thought of before going into biz, um, I, I guess I can I, yeah. I can probably tell you I don't how think we I met. Thought about nothing in biz. <laughs> um, Marcus, he and I actually met. Man, it was crazy. He was doing work on Michigan State's campus, and I was doing work on the campus. He was actually speaking at uh, a mentorship program out at Harry Hill, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad happened to be there. My dad heard he speaking was like, he, my dad know I'm speaking and I'm into that kind of stuff and. My dad came and was like, man, I heard this guy, and his name's Eric Thomas, and I had already kind of heard about E on campus, and he was like, you got to go by and see him, you got to go by and see him, and this was like Saturday or something, so I'm like, all right, dad, no problem, he's like, no, 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 Monday morning, I got his card, you need to go by and see him, so I was like, all right, dad, I got you, my dad calls me at like 7.30 in the morning, Monday morning, and he was like, are you on your way up there, and I was like, whoa, this dude is like seriously on me about that. And um, I went up to E's office. Uh, I met him there. He, he remembered my dad and remembered the conversation they had. And me and E been rocking and rolling ever since. And I mean that seriously. Like, people don't understand mm -hmm. when I say I went up there that day. We met. You know, I think we might have went to lunch and just kind of talked about some things. But we literally have been rocking and rolling ever since. And then um, the second part of that question was, what, what was the first thing you thought about when yeah. you were going into and business? I, and I don't think we thought about it. You know what I'm saying? I think, you know, we had become you know, fam, like brothers. And so it wasn't a thought. Mm -hmm. It was more like, yo, we got to do this. Like, mm -hmm. it's not an option. We have to do this. So, yeah, I don't I don't think I ever thought about it like yeah. that. Yeah, no, and I can, I can say, and I know what he's saying when he says he thought about going into business. You're right, though. There wasn't, like, a whole lot of thought up front. But I will say one of the things when we sat down and actually get got the structure of the business together and what we wanted to do, one of the very first things that I know I did was I wanted to evaluate and, and find out what's our USP, mm -hmm. right? And this is for all my small business owners, for all my people out there who you, you starting a company, you're ready to blow up, you got to find your USP. And by USP, I, I mean unique selling proposition, right? And that's what makes you you, you what makes you you, right? And so I, I gave the example in the VIP session. I said, if you have a McDonald's on this uh, corner, and you got a Burger King on this corner and you're getting ready to open up, you know, CJ's, you know, fast food, pizza. fries and pizza right here. Um, what's going to be your unique selling proposition? What's going to be your uh, particular uh, thing that people want? You know what I mean? Instead of going to McDonald's, instead of going to Burger King, why would they come to your company? Right. Why would they come and why would they spend money with you as opposed to going to the well-established brands? You have to know your USP. And for us, I looked at E and I said, OK, we got a USP here. He's a motivational speaker, you know, hip hop. He's urban. You know, he's got the cap on, but he can really speak to anybody. And so that was kind of our USP. And that was one of the things I wanted to make sure um, we had. Because if you're going into business and there's already, you know, the space is already overcrowded and people right. are already doing it, there's right. real no, really no point no in you even going into business. And so uh, make sure you find your USP. The next question is Brandy, uh, is that Brand Brandy in Toronto wants to know, um, 
how do you stay positive when it seems like nothing you're doing is working? Well, you know, for me, again, see, it goes back to what you said earlier, scoreboard watching. Like, why are you worried about what's working or not working at you just getting started? You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you should be focused on the process. Like, what do you, how do you know if it's working and you don't know it's working? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not the guru yet. You're, you're still a student trying to get to that level. So you're not, you're not even in a position, really, to be doing that type of assessing. In, in, in the beginning, wax on, wax off. All you should be focusing on is waxing on, waxing off. Like, you shouldn't be focusing right. on is this working or not. You don't right. know if it's working or not. You know, only, only the right. guru could tell you it's working, it's not working. So mm-hmm. I would just say stop scoreboard watching. Stop being so fixated. And I just know so many people who are on this spectrum. They're so fixated with the product, the end result, that they just don't understand how critical the process is like nothing else matters the process is the only thing and like cj said before most of you only know et for the last seven years you don't even know that i started this thing over 20 years ago what if i would have quit after 10 years or 15 years so i've always been about the process and to me as long as you're not discouraged as long as you're not giving up you're not quitting you're not giving in but you're waking up every day and pounding the pavement Sooner or later, you're going to be successful. Did Michael Jordan win his first few years in the league? No, he did not. Did LeBron win his first few? No, he did not. You know, so I I just say stop focusing on the product and the prize and focus on the process. And and we have a a, a saying in the company that we always like to use, and it says, um, it says you either win or you learn. Right. Well, there's no such thing as losing. And we really take that seriously. And it was funny because one of my clients, remember I told you this story, we, we, he was actually charging a certain dollar amount and he actually started charging way more. And I helped him, you know, get to a, another level financially in terms of what he was charging. And he was like, man, CJ, you a genius. And I was like, eh, I think if you're a genius, you got to be pretty smart in like a lot of different areas. Right. I said, I'm smart in one area mm-hmm. because we have literally for the last 10, 15 years done nothing but work on this particular area and this particular brand and this particular space. And so I do have an area of expertise in this area, but only because we've been doing it so long yeah. and you didn't have to see all the bricks and the misses. Yeah. Right. Fortunately for us now that we're in front of the camera and we got the conferences and stuff like that and people are coming out and people want autographs from E.T. and the whole nine. It looks like we can do no wrong, but it's because we've unlocked so many boxes that didn't work. You know what I mean? So it's almost like imagine if you have five boxes in a room. Right. And there's let's say there's a prize underneath one of them. And say you've already been in that room and you've already lifted up all the ones that you know are not nothing there. And then everybody comes in to watch you do it that one time and you know exactly where yeah. that one is now. Yeah. Boom, you open it up and everybody's like, oh, man, he Jeez. must have mental telepathy. It's Super like, no, no, no. Powers. Right. I already opened those. And so I found a million ways that didn't work. I just wasn't coaching anybody during right. that time. Right. We weren't putting it on YouTube at that time. Right. right. We were just going through the motions, trying to get better, trying to figure out what we were doing, trying to figure out what would work, what wouldn't work. So really. I'm not a genius. I've just uh, found all the ways that don't yeah, work. Yeah. Trust me, I can give you a million ways that don't work. So then I found a couple that did and we rolled those. And so don't get frustrated, man. Don't don't get frustrated at all. You either win or you learn. That's right. Either you get that win or you learn another way. That's just a, if, if nothing else, what do they call it, Carl? What, what is it called when you reduce the number of options? Uh, a process of elimination. Yeah, process of elimination. Right. If nothing yeah. else, it's process of elimination. Yeah. If you did something and it didn't work, good. You never have to worry about doing that again. It's not even an option anymore. Boom, you move t- towards the next idea. And so, absolutely. Um, let's get to this last question for Ask ET. 
Luke and Sydney, Sydney wants to know, why can't I keep my New Year's resolutions? Usually last about a month, but this year I'm really looking to keep them for the entire year. What do you suggest? Man, I, you know, I, I talked about this on a, a Breed University call, the mastermind call, mm-hmm. uh, this past Sunday. You know, and I, and I told the guys, I said, one of the biggest challenges, people spend so much time, they invest so much on the goal that they never really invest in themselves in terms of the goal. And what I mean by that is you have to make sure that the goal that you're setting out for is a fit for you. You know, I don't care how good a basketball player is coming out of college. You just can't recruit my man because he's the number one player. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to recruit based on fit. Does he fit the – we don't need a quarterback. I don't care if the number one draft is a quarterback. We, we, right. we, we got Brady. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got Manning. We don't need – you know yeah. what I'm saying? We got uh, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. We don't need a quarterback. Right. So let's just let the first round draft go. We pick up the, we we do need a halfback. <laughs> we need a halfback. You know what I'm saying? We do need a halfback. We do need a running back. We do need a fullback. You know what I'm saying? That's what we need. So I would say be very careful about um, setting these goals that are unrealistic. So I, I've got a little trainer that I work with um, when I'm on the West Coast. And one of the things I love about him is that we do exercises that fit my age, We, we that fit my you know, particular bill, my particular strength. You know, so I'm doing squats. So yoga, huh? <laughs> right, 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 right. Pilates. You know what I'm saying? But intense, <laughs> though. Intense <laughs> Pilates, though. You're halfway to 90. You know what I'm saying? Intense. You know what I'm saying? These so, so he's got me doing these squats, these lunges, but I'm not doing the burpees. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, I'm not right. doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my lunge. I'm doing my squats. Right. But I'm not about to kill. You know, he doesn't have me doing things that are so intense. He knows I like to run. So we're in the hills in California running up the hills. Like, he understands my body frame, what I'm capable of, what I'm not capable of. And I think what a lot of us do is that we take on these goals that are unrealistic. Now, I'm not telling you to set your standards low. But I am saying you can't do things that you can only do for 30 days. It's just like people who go on these crazy diets. Right. You can't diet the rest of your life. Like it's not possible to eat like that for the for the rest of your life. And so you have to find goals mm-hmm. that fit within the, the scope of your ability. And when you can find those, that's why people get on me all the time. ET, you need to be burping. You need to be doing. No, I run. I can do six miles a day. Right. I, so I'm going to run. Because I'm going to do them burpees for about two days. And, and that's get, it. And then I'm going to be burnt, burnt out. out. My right. legs going to hurt. My t- you know, it's like the guys who come back from injury too early. Yeah, you can come back in six months. But they tell you to take mm-hmm. 10, not just to overcome, but recovery, to give yourself a chance to build your stamina so you can play ball mm-hmm. on that speed and on that level. So I would just say, man. And you're looking for something that you can do that can become a part of your lifestyle. Yeah, natural. Like I can do this every day. Every day sure. if I yeah, want absolutely. to, at least four or five days out I the week. You. you know what I'm saying? So don't do not do this stuff, man. ET said go 120. Yes, on the stuff you could do. 120 on run. I can't lift weights. My boy TJ lifting weight. He trying to drop me on the weight pro- lifting program. I'm like, you've been doing it since you were six. I'm 45. <laughs> I'm already 39 years behind, you know, so yeah, do things within the scope. If you ever looked at the books that we produce, yeah, I, you don't, you're not going to see no theoretic, deep, philosophical, you know, neurological, you're not going to see that. You're going to see some practical stuff that a 10 year old could read, a 13 year old could read. So we stay in our lane. So as long as your goals are in your lane, man, you'll be able to do them for the next 50, 60 years, TGIM. That's within the scope of what I can do. So I've been doing TGIM for I don't know how long. But if you'd have asked me to take some standardized tests or something, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't do as well. So stay in your lane, man.
Good. And that's it for Ask ET. Again, submit your questions at infoetinspires.com or on Twitter using the hashtag AskET. And we'll make sure we get them on next week. Whatever your questions are, we'll get them knocked out. Real quick, man, I got a couple things I just want to ask you about before we get out of here. Did you see that your boy LeBron has signed a lifetime contract with Nike? What are your thoughts about that? I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I mean, let's be real. When you have the ability to network with greatness, Man, your kids gonna your kids gonna eat and eat and eat and eat, and I just feel like man, he he's the greatest right now. Nike's the greatest right now, so it only makes sense, man. Better than Curry. I mean, you have to when you compare, you compare. Oh, I think I, hey, I had him stuck a little no, bit. No, no, no. Hold on, no, no. we might have to open this up. I got you stuck a little bit because no, 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 no. Curry doing it right yeah, he now. He is, man. he is. But 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 when you talk about you know um, their portfolio. You know, over LeBron, the course of you know his career, mm-hmm. he's got a pretty heavy resume, Absolutely. heavy portfolio, and I think maybe at the end of Steph Curry's career, we probably will be able to see. Man, you got to admit, Steph Curry been unbelievable. oh unbelievable. But but again, it goes back to can he sustain this over the next five six years? And if he can, he you gonna have to put him up there with MJ and the rest of these guys. But you know, I I, I it's just going it takes more than a year. I mean, can you? I think they got one loss. Are they still yeah, got one loss? Yeah, one Carl? loss. Twenty five and one. I, I can't. I don't. I don't see how anybody can beat them in the chip. And you know, I've been a LeBron. Well, fan you know since what I was telling one, Carl. But I just don't know if they can get it done. I was telling Carl. I said, you know, and again, I'm a systems guy. So I said, you know, I told Carl. I said, man, we got to be careful. If you paid attention. The Spurs is twenty. They twenty one or something, oh, yeah, or whatever. Key, yeah. They only like about three, four games yeah, I think behind. They lost like five. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. they not too far behind. So well, how come nobody respects the Spurs? I think because it's a system, man. Like Tim Duncan, he's not flashy. They're like the Patriots of basketball. Um, it's just no flash, no flares. It's just it's the process. They're all about the process. There's nobody no, want to see the bank shot. Nobody want to see the bank shot. Nobody see the left hand layup. Ah, the left hand layup is it? right. But isn't that crazy, though, how we look at the Spurs and it's almost frowned upon because they actually do what you're supposed Absolutely. to do. They play fundamental te- uh, team ball. They pass the ball well. They defend well. You know, they're well coached. Yeah. Like, all the things that you would ask for. But, you know, we kind of, when it comes to the best teams, here we are talking about LeBron and Curry, yeah. and we hadn't even mentioned Tim Duncan. Oh, here's my other thing. It's like we're talking about uh, the retirement of the Black Mamba. Everybody, it best for ever play. But Tim Duncan is right there with LeBron, in terms of Kobe, uh, in terms yeah, Kobe. of yeah, Kobe, he's right there in terms of championships. I think he might have one more MVP than Kobe. You know, wow. he's he, he right there, and, yeah. and 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 we must say that he's still averaging what he averaged when he first came to the league. Wow. So he's still right there, and and I mean every so, but nobody talks about that he has a chance to catch Michael Jordan this year. If the Spurs win, he got a chance. Kobe don't stand a chance to win six titles. Like it's over for Kobe in, in that regards. Unless some uh, he get traded to Golden State. Ah uh, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, Carl, if they trade your boy to Golden State, State, he might get he one. He might get one. Yeah, yeah no. He, but I'm yeah. saying, look at look look at the fact that Tim Duncan hasn't been injured. Right. I mean, let's talk Played about the process. The same, team. same team, the process, and so he's been preserved, sticking with a formula versus kind of just going out there. You know, and just the Black Mamba, 50 attempts. You know, he's played in the scope of a team and a scope of a process, and he's still playing and, and playing pretty high at a high level, man. So, yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah. So man. the Spurs, we got to give them, we got to teach these young people to not just look at the flair of the game, but look at the X's and the O's and, you know, what people are actually accomplishing. Yep. Um, and so we're almost finished, man. We're coming close on our time. Carl's telling me we got to – 
hurry up and wrap this thing Five up. Minutes. What are you, what are your holiday plans, man? What's ET got up? We're, we're sitting here. We're in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan. Cause you know, <laughs> they always want to know where we at, man. And we're in Lansing, Michigan. What's today? The twenty first. Yes, sir. And so uh, well, we got to worry about that. We got to worry about that Michigan State game against yeah. uh, Oakland University first. Oh yeah, and, yeah, Because um, yeah, we trying to that that would be. We would have that break would set, the break the record of the most wins yeah. in MSU franchise. And for those of you who don't know, listen, man, your people always are ah, E rooting for state and you going to other teams. First of all, let me tell you something. E's son is the manager on the basketball team right. at Michigan State. We graduated from Michigan State University, both of us, multiple times. We got about five, yeah. six, seven degrees yeah. between he, Carl E and I from Michigan State. So we always got love and respect for Michigan State. Understand something. When we go to these other teams and when we talk to these other teams, E is a character coach, right? E is going to come get your character right. So whether it's the Michigan Wolverines, whether it's Alabama Crimson Tide, the Steelers, that don't mean we don't love the Lions. It don't mean any of that. E is a character coach, right? He's going to come in there and get your mindset right, and we believe that's something that every Absolutely. single person on this planet and needs. And I'm a professional. So stop sending emails saying, yeah. E, you a Lions fan. Why are you yeah, at the Steelers? Because I'm a professional. And I'm like, unbelievable. Yeah, you work at McDonald's, but you're eating at Wendy's. Right. You, you know what I'm <laughs> Saying, I'm a professional, and so you know, for real, we want, we want to help these kids, of man, course. make the best All decisions. Of these kids. You know All what I'm saying? That's kids. that's what it's about. But when you talk about fan, I'm fanned out on yeah, the. I bleed course. green. Yeah, absolutely. No, so so that's kind of what uh, you know how we address that situation. We we got loyalty and love for Michigan State because we went there, graduated there, but we love and support all the programs absolutely. because we believe. And building up these young men and women and helping and you them to see, become and, the best. And you they see, can. coaches leave a school and go to another school. Right, I don't know right, why people right. be tripping. Players right. leave one, you know, leave a, a transfer. A, a, come on, man. NBA, they get they getting yeah. traded on the reg. So anyway, your holiday plans, man. Run it down. What, man, what, what, what are we doing? Always West Coast, baby. Yeah. Always. I lost my um, I lost a, a, my godmother to cancer some years ago. I used to visit mm -hmm. during the holidays to be with her before she transitioned. And now I spend time with her daughters and some of my West Coast homies. And uh, so we'll be on the West Coast, man, getting that on, getting I'm going back to Cali, mm. Cali, Cali. I'm going back to Cali. Yeah, yeah I, no think so. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think so. Um, cool, man. So, no, I'll be here. I came back to Lansing. Um, make sure I see the fam, mom Please, and give dad. Me some of that dressing Got the grandbabies. Yeah, no, I can make that sure I see world class dressing. dressing. And, um, yeah, so that's it for the podcast, man. Before we get out of here, man, we do want to tell you guys, Breathe University, we heard you. Um, a lot of you guys said, hey, we want to get in Breathe University, but it's too high. The oh. price is too high. Ooh. And, um, you know. They're going to get me in trouble with my regs. Yeah, well, well understand something, man. When, when we do this, you know, we got to find a sweet spot, right? Yeah. We got to try to find a sweet spot for the pricing and the whole nine. And Carl came to me a while back and said, hey, you know, we got a lot of people interested in getting in BU, but the price may be too high. Let's drop it down and, and allow an entry level um, kind of a position where everybody can get in, you know, for a cheaper price. We can still provide them with great content and the whole nine. And so we've done that for you guys. We heard you. We responded to that. And now the entry level um, BU package is $20. Right. And so for twenty dollars, you can join Breathe University. What is Breathe University? It's our online university, health, wellness, um, every aspect, mind, body and soul. We really try yes, to help sir. you out in all areas. 
He leads out a call on Sundays. I lead a, a call out on, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. We got blog posts. We got modules online, training modules. You get extra ET um, audio. If he goes and speaks to the Steelers, I may just put it up on Breathe University. If he goes and talks to a Fortune 500, I may just put it up there. Stuff that's exclusive to Breathe University students. We don't put it on YouTube. We don't put it anywhere else. And, and I think more so than that, too, just the online community of it, right? We got an online community that's awesome, man. Shout out to Patrick. You know, uh, uh, any everybody who... Every brand and all the guys who, you know, comment on a regular basis, Pierre, yeah. you know, these guys are, you know, and, yeah, and, and young ladies, Janelle, they're like family, man. And so it really is an online um, community where you can get support, you know, ask questions of other people. ET might just pick you up and call your phone. So anyway, you need to be a part of Breathe University. Go to breatheuniversity.com. Sign up today. Again, $20 um, is, is a small ask for what you're going to get. And Carl said, we're not locking you into no year long contract. It's month to month. If you get in and you pay your 20 and you want to get out after month. a month, Hey, that's on you. But I promise you, man, if you sign up, you join, um, you'll be on with E and I, like I said, a couple times a week and you'll enjoy this content and this information that you're going to get. That's it for us in our, uh, our first annual secret to success podcast. We thank you guys for joining us. We hope you join us next time, next week on the podcast, man, and have a safe uh, holiday, a Merry Christmas, and get ready to, to blaze that 2016. We got something for right no, just be phenomenal, be for God. That's it. We out, y'all. Concentrate on this opportunity. You don't worry about tomorrow. You concentrate on this opportunity with all your might, with all your soul, with all your heart. You focus on this, and tomorrow will take care of itself. Oh, I promise you that. So. Only-